Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Boundless Gamers Podcast. This is episode 25. I'm your host, Mike. And joining me once again is my gaming buddy, the famous archaeologist, Indy. How's it going, Indy? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. A little tired. Only got three hours of sleep last night. Even with the time change? Yeah, even with the time change. Oh, wow. I have insomnia, so... Ah, gotcha. There's nights I'll only get, like, maybe two hours tops. Hmm. You get used to it, but it's not something you want to get used to. (laughs) No, definitely not. You know what? I've been meaning to ask you something for, like, the longest time. Yeah. Have you ever dressed up as Indiana Jones? I have not, um, because I have a rather big head, I can never actually find a hat that looks right. Um, but trust me, it's it's something I want to do for sure. Yeah, make that happen next year. Oh, I will. So before we get into what we're playing, I just want to pimp out our social media pages real quick. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by searching at Boundless Gamers. Please join our non-existent community, and together we will fight back against the algorithm that rules our lives. (laughs) But yeah, guys, we would really appreciate the likes and comments, because we want to hear from you. Uh, Let's see, we post new episodes every Thursday, unless shit happens that's completely out of our control, which I'm sure will happen every once in a while, because we're human. Mm -hmm. All right, that's enough of that. Let's talk about what we're playing this week. Indy, I'm going to let you go first. What you've been playing? Well, um, due to your recommendation uh, last week, I began and finished uh, Man of Madon. I did it in a uh, two-night parter. So we started it one night, and then the very next night, got home from work, had dinner, and then we finished it right up. Um, I loved it. I can't wait to go through Little Hope because um, as soon as I finished Man of Madon, I watched the trailers for Little Hope and uh, House of Ashes. And I I honestly say, for some reason, I'm actually more excited for Little Hope than House of Ashes. Mm. But strictly because as I was watching the trailers, like, this is like straight Silent Hill is exactly what it looked like. Mm-hmm. I was the same way with House of Ashes. I was like, well, yeah, all right, that, that looks OK. And then I played it. and I was like, oh, whoa. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) This just caught me off guard. Yeah. You'll see when you get around to it. Yeah, but needless to say, I mean, Supermassive, they they know how to tell a good horror story. Like, it really felt like um, a gripping your chair kind of white knuckle horror movie throughout the whole way. Lots of good jump scares, lots of good twists and turns. And um, I'm pretty sure when I was playing Man of Madonna, I actually even caught some foreshadowing to House of Ashes because I found a news article. And I really wouldn't have known what the hell it was talking about unless you had told me that about the premise for House of Ashes. And it talks about a group of uh, archaeologists, I believe, that go missing in Iraq in some caves. And I was like, holy shit, I'm pretty sure they are flat out referencing the third game in this. Yeah, they definitely have all the stories planned out. I think they have the next four ready to go. I wouldn't be surprised. So as I'm going through Little Hope next... Um, I'm definitely going to be looking for any subtle hints to any future titles, something that just doesn't seem like it belongs there. But apart from that, um, I haven't really been playing anything else. Today's been kind of a crazy week, so it's either been 
that or it's just my usual titles of playing like Super Smash or something like that. So nothing too exciting. Well, let's go back to Madon for a second. How did you play that game? Were you both playing it at the same time, you and Ash, or was just one of you playing it and the other was watching? Um, I was playing, she was watching, um, and we downloaded it from Game Pass, so it was on our uh, Xbox One. Okay, cool. How's that look on Xbox One, the base model? There were times where it was a little choppy. Like, the opening cinematic stuttered, um, and then there was actually one moment... Sorry if you hear my dogs barking, I'm pretty sure somebody just got home. (laughs) There was a point where the game had loaded up, and I immediately paused it because I think Ash wanted to go into the kitchen and grab something to drink or something like that. But I paused it as soon as the game came up to where I could do it, and I got to watch the textures load in. Like, oh, what boy. I was looking at, I was like, this looks, for some reason, doesn't look as good as it looked uh, the night prior. And then the faces, or the faces started getting more shading. The background started getting more texture to it. And I was like, oh, that's why. I think my Xbox One might finally be on its way out because oh, no. I was playing um, Master Chief Collection. I think it was at the last week at the very beginning of this week. But I was just going through the opening mission. No, I'm sorry. The second mission in Halo 2. Because um, that's like my guilty conscious level. I just go in there and just kind of shoot things because I know it like the back of my hand. <laughs> but there were small parts where it was stuttering for that. And I was like, this never used to happen. And it could be because I finally hooked up a terabyte external to it, and most of my games are installed to that now, because both of my consoles, the PS5 and the Xbox One, are 500 gig uh, consoles, so at this point, they both need an external. And that didn't start until I started using the external, so I'm hoping that's what it is. Do you have anything on your hard drive right now? The one that's in the console, not the external. I know I left whatever was on the console at the time still on the main hard drive, and then I just installed games that I wanted onto the external. Um, So I might just need to move everything to the external and just see if that frees up some RAM or something like that. I recommend playing a game that's installed on the console itself and see if it does that. Okay. If it does that, then it could be an issue with the system itself. But if you don't see any of that, then maybe it's just having a disconnect between the uh, external it's having issues uh running it i don't know i'm not a tech guy i'm just throwing shit at the wall so (laughs) hey i mean you're already taking the first steps for troubleshooting though it's like well um let's do this let's do this and you know me working in the cell phone industry troubleshooting is like 70 percent of my job (laughs) yeah 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 have you tried turning it on and off again kind of thing oh yeah all the time but, I mean, apart from that, yeah, I mean, Smash Brothers, I've been playing more of the expansion pack. Um, because, I mean, I paid for it. Might as well play it. So, I've been playing some Ocarina of Time. But apart from that, man, no, it's been kind of a boring week for me, except for uh, Man of Madon. What about you? Similar week. I only had time to play one game. But I beat that game. And that is Call of Duty Vanguard. Now, let me ask you this. Have you played the campaign for every Call of Duty so far? Yes, all of them. Every single one. So that being said, how would you stack it up against some of the other campaigns? I'd say it's one of the weaker ones. It's better than Cold Wars. I wasn't a fan of that one from last year at all. Here's the thing. It's Call of Duty. 
you right. get what you get. You know what you're expecting with this game. If that's all you care about, you just want your yearly Call of Duty with no new drastic major changes, then you're going to have fun with it. But I will say this. The graphics are really nice on the PS5. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, there's moments it looks stunning and beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, the campaign is a little on the shorter side. I'd say it's around four to five hours. I played this one on Veteran, the hardest, and I still blew through it fast. Oh, wow. You know, after playing World at War, this was a cakewalk. Oh, God. In World at War, you're just getting rained with grenades all over the place, and if you stick your head out, you're dead in one shot. <laughs> World at War and Modern Warfare 2. Like, I remember Modern Warfare 2 playing that on Veteran, just trying to get away from the um, that building in the woods where the big betrayal happens. Oof. Yeah, I would rather go through Halo 2 on Legendary every day of the week rather than do that mission on Veteran again. Yeah, that one's brutal. But yeah, it's, it's the story's fine. It's got some really good voice acting in it. Uh, I really like Laura Bailey's character. She plays the Russian sniper, and they actually used her face. They mo-capped her face. I, I think this is the oh, first nice. time you actually see the actress's face, because everything she's done before this, just, they just made up a face for her. So that was cool to see that. Yeah, it's, you know, stopping the Nazis, special ops team trying to take them down. You got a Russian, you got an Australian, you got a Brit, you got an American. Kind of reminds me of Inglorious Bastards a little bit in I some ways. I was just about to say that, yeah. Did you dabble in the multiplayer at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, still, after um, that... Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, are there still red dots in uh, World War Two? Yeah, they're there. Oh, great. <laughs> Which is stupid. <laughs> I'll let that slide. Because... <laughs> I was having fun with it because, you know, a couple episodes ago, we were talking about gaming as we age, you know, yeah. our reflexes are going, and I was like, am I still good? Because I haven't played a, <laughs> a multiplayer Call of Duty in years. Like, I, th th there's Call of Duties I just completely skipped the multiplayer. I just played the campaign, and that was it, and I moved on. Oh, wow. So I was like, let's see if I still got it. So I played 10 matches of Domination. Okay. And I still have it, apparently. Nice. I was going like 45 and 2 in matches. Holy 50 shit. 50 and 5, 18 and 0. And, you know, people were picking me as MVP at the end if I was one of the top three uh, that they were voting for me and shit. It's similar to Overwatch's voting thing at the end. It's kind of like oh, that. Oh, gotcha. And I got play of the game a couple times. Now, there was I don't. I don't mean to burst your bubble a little bit, but um, there is a thing that they do in multiplayer games now to where if it's in your first, like, ten games, you usually have a buff for your first few games where you have a little bit more health, you punch a little bit harder because they want you to feel like you're doing well so that way you keep coming back for more and then they turn that shit off and then you start doing a little bit worse and you need to, you have that desire to get back to where you were. I can confirm that there's no aim assist online whatsoever, so that, none of oh, that good. is on. Um, I think I'm rank 18 now, and I know a few guys who are way above me, and I even asked them if there's anything like that, and they said no, it's it's not. So hmm. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> it's I'm not getting <laughs> special treatment or anything. 
But yeah, I'm just happy I still have the reflexes because there was a play of the game I got where I was guarding the A base and I was the only one there. All of our guys died in front of me and they all just came flooding in and I took <laughs> out like six, seven of them before they got me. Nice. I was playing with a lot of PC players and that requires a little bit more strategy when you play against those guys because they have 100% accurate shots because, and I think it's unfair yep. really because I don't know what kind of mouse this guy's using and what kind of setup he's got. So what I have to do against those guys is flank them and sneak behind them and get all Sam Fisher with them. And it does yep. work. I, I still take them out. So there was one guy in particular where I could not face him like fr front to front. Like, like if we were both facing each yeah. other, we were looking at each other. He was going to get me. He got me like two times in a row and then I was like, okay, I got to pull out the strategies. And then for the rest of the match, I was kicking his ass. <laughs> That's how you defeat the PC players. Oh, absolutely. Now, if you're going up against a PC player who has military strategies and tricks and all of that. Oh, forget it. Then you're going to have a hard time. <laughs> so, yeah. And you can always tell, too, especially when you watch the kill cam. Um, I forget what it was that I saw. I think it was a TikTok, but somebody went on their PS5. They took the same loadout that they use, pulled the trigger, aimed down the sights, and they had plenty of recoil. It was just it was not a consistent pattern. Went to the PC, moved their same profile over, did the same gun, same loadout, laser accuracy. So it very much so is like if you're playing on a PC, you've got a huge advantage, whether it's aim assist or not. Now, I'm not sure if they introduced this in the last game. No, I don't think it was in Cold War. I think this is new. You can blind fire around corners now and behind cover. Yeah, that's definitely new. There's only a handful of games I've seen blind firing actually be useful. And the Gears only ones that really come to... Yeah, Gears of War and um, Rainbow Six Vegas 2 are the only two that come to mind. Oh, that's you giving me flashbacks. I love Rainbow Six Vegas 2. I remember when we all used to play, and I'm, I still remember one distinct shot where I think it was me, you, and a couple other guys, and I think it was just down to me and Stratus as the last two guys alive, and I managed to blind fire him with a, a bolt-action sniper rifle, and <laughs> I, even I went silent. I was like, did that work? Sometimes it just works. I mean, I, I don't argue with it. I'll pull off a shot, and I'm like, yeah, I meant to do that. I couldn't even claim I meant to do it. Everybody would have known that was bullshit because, I mean, I think I was still a teenager back then. Yeah. They called you a squeaker. I remember that. Mm-hmm. They never called me a squeaker. Well, you've always had, like, a baritone voice, even when we were teenagers. Yeah. Everybody thought I was, like, 25, 30 years old. Shit, that's what I fucking thought. And then there was one night that you and I were playing, and you're like, yeah, I'm so-and-so. I was like, you're only, like, a couple years older than me. Why do you sound like you're 30? <laughs> <laughs> it's I've had a deep voice since I was 13. Shit, I was shaving when I was around 12, 13. No, I was shaving. I just don't have the voice for it. I don't shave that much anymore. I just let the beard grow. And then when I get tired of it, then I just whack it all off. Yeah, that's more or less what I do. But yeah, I'm really veering away from Call of Duty. Uh, the only other things I want to mention is the sound design is still excellent. In these games, nice. like the Car 98 German rifle hasn't sound this good before. Like, it has such a pow sound in the headset. Like, you really oh, wow. hear that thing fire. 
And uh, one other thing I just want to mention real quick is the haptic feedback and the DualSense controller is fantastic in this game. You feel everything. I still need to experience that. Whenever you do get a PS5, or if you're at somebody's place and he has one or she has one, play Astrobot, the one that came on the console, pre-installed. That shows everything off the right way. It seems like anytime Sony introduces a new mechanic, Astrobot is always the best way to experience it. Remember they did uh, Astrobot's Playroom for um, VR. VR as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still have for, for whatever reason I never I've not played Astrobot's Playroom for VR yet, but I need to just to kind of see what the raving's been about. And yeah, I really want to see it on the PS5 and get to experience that dual sense. But yeah, that's the only game I played this week. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I, I did play one other game for 30 minutes, and that is Psychonauts 2. But I have nothing to say about that right now. I'm just okay. too soon, way too soon. But I am playing that, and hopefully I'll have more to say next week. All right, I guess it's time for us to check out our inventory items this week. We have nine items in the bag, and we're recording this episode on November 7th. And why is that important? Well... If you're a big Mass Effect fan, you know it means N7 Day. So that leads us to our first news story. Number one, Bioware released an image today, and it's a poster for the new Mass Effect game they're working on. And at the bottom it says Mass Effect will continue. And the image shows us an overhead view of a huge crater that's shaped like a Geff head. And then you see a park transport shuttle with a few characters walking towards the crater. And uh, that's all we got for N7 Day. (laughs) Very exciting stuff. Um, What do you think about this poster, Indy? Because I know you saw it already. Yeah, I I literally saw it like um, maybe 30 minutes ago. Um, It was shortly before I got on to record with you. Uh, It definitely makes me wonder where the story is going from here. Um, It also depends on what ending they go with for Mass Effect 3. If they're going for the one where they blend synthetic and organic life, um, it might put the Geth back in the limelight as our villain. Yeah, I I really don't have a whole lot of theories uh, right now. The The only thing that comes to mind is that the Geth somehow are going to be at the center of it. And the only thing I can see is that the Geth become some kind of like super aware and they've multiplied in a way to where now it's almost the Geth versus the rest of the galaxy. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, from this poster, it's telling us that the Geth's going to be involved. I mean, why else would they show a Geth looking crater? I still think Liara is looking for Shepard. I don't know why. Like, I think she's looking for him. In some way, in some form. Like, she's looking for him. I mean, if they went with the ending where they blend the two, there's really nothing left of Shepard. Didn't one of the endings have him... Uh, let's see. It's about the ending where it shows, like, his... Where it shows, like, him take a breath at the very end. Yeah, yeah there's that. But didn't he upload himself into the network in one of the endings? Like, he's not himself anymore, but he's, like, part of the whole Reaper thing. He's the new intelligence that controls him, like that little boy AI. I, I'm pretty sure that was one of the endings. So I'm actually looking at it. Um, for the there was four different endings. Uh, seventeen percent of players control the Reapers. 
30% of players uh, went with synthesis between organic and synthetic. Uh, 45% of players went with destroy all synthetic life. And 8% of players refused to make a choice altogether. I think the Shepard one's the first one you mentioned. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, there's more things I want to bring up about the uh, sequel. But that's probably going to be a future topic, so I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> yeah, very disappointing news for Mass Effect today. I, like that That's it. We got that, and they advertised body pillows in their store. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you got a Garrus one and Liara. Not Liara, I'm sorry. They don't have Liara. Which was a shocker to me. Tally. That's the other one. Maybe you should get uh, Ash the Garrus body pillow. Your yeah, next anniversary, get, give her that. Right, so uh, happy anniversary. Here's your uh, your space boyfriend. <laughs> uh, Alright, enough of that. Let's move on. Number two. Giant video game joystick earns Guinness World Records achievement. This comes from USA Today. There is a nine-foot-tall Atari joystick, and it plays Centipede and Breakout. That is awesome. The giant and functional joystick made of wood, rubber, and steel is now in the Guinness World Records 2022 as the largest joystick. College professor Mary Flanagan created the joystick, which is nearly 14 times the size of the classic Atari controller. Oh my god. I saw a picture of two kids standing on this thing. And they looked so damn tiny on it. It requires two people to operate. That's insane. It's a weird thing to do, but hey, why not? All right, number three. Frustrated Ubisoft workers are asking for your help so the company doesn't ignore them. This comes from a Kotaku article. Game developers, and now I'm quoting the article, Game developers associated with the A Better Ubisoft group are petitioning the Assassin's Creed publisher for a seat at the table and a meaningful say in how Ubisoft as a company moves forward. The move uh, to enlist the support of fans and other developers in its push for change comes just months after over 1,000 current and former Ubisoft employees signed an open letter demanding change across the video game industry. Now, they have four key demands, and I'm going to have to pull up the picture I saved on my phone. I know I'm very prepared for this. <laughs> uh, here we go. So here's their four key demands. Number one, stop promoting and moving known offenders from studio to studio, team to team, with no repercussions. This cycle needs to end. Number two. We want a collective seat at the table to have a meaningful say in how Ubisoft as a company moves forward from here. Number three, cross-industry collaboration to agree on a set of ground rules and processes that all studios can use to handle these offenses in the future. And number four is this collaboration must heavily involve employees and in now, I'm sorry, in non-management positions and union representatives. I I mean I want all this stuff to happen. I mean th these are good changes and they but it's just insane that we have to get to this point. Yep. All this shit should be implemented 
already. We shouldn't be having this conversation. Unfortunately, you're seeing it in all kinds of industries. I even had a talk with my uh, district manager semi-recently just talking about it in my job that I feel like there's a huge disconnect from frontline employees up to upper management and what they expect. And like you can tell with what they're asking for that they really don't fully grasp what's happening on the front line. Um, and I feel like you see that, unfortunately, way too often in multiple industries. I even have a friend that works with, um, as an artist, uh, for, or worked for, as an artist for a gaming company. And she went through some similar shit where, you know, just the stuff that they were asking for, there was a lot of miscommunication and you could just tell there was a disconnect from what is being asked and what is actually done and even how it's done. So I, I hate to hear it. But at the same time, I'm glad that these conversations are being had, um, especially with what happened with Activision a few months ago. You've definitely seen Blizzard and Activision on the on their back foot, even going as far as renaming an Overwatch character to try and please fans and um, the staff just to kind of get everybody like showing good faith and good face. So I hope something good comes from this. I hope the fans listen Unfortunately, I think too often in the entertainment industry, we are also worried about, you know, getting the next piece of entertainment for us, getting that new game, getting that new movie that we don't really ask, well, what happened to get this particular product and do I care about it? So I'm hoping that things change. Um, we'll just have to kind of see where it goes. Why can't we just be normal human beings? And do our jobs there, be friendly, be nice. Well, how do you think Ubisoft should handle this? I think, I mean, as far as the first thing they're asking for, just bring non-management employees into the circle. So, I mean, if you can have a direct line for frontline up to upper management, that disconnect disappears because then you almost kind of remove politics in a way. Because if I have a problem with the way things are being done, and if I say this needs to change and the person who's in charge of telling the person above me, or I'm sorry, if the person above me is supposed to tell the person who makes that decision and that person is two levels above them, at some point, what I'm asking for isn't going to happen or isn't even going to get relayed because somebody above me is going to be worried about looking bad in front of their boss. Mm-hmm. So they're worried about their own interests. It's no longer about, hey, you know, this is what I need to do my job more efficiently. They're more worried about, you know, moving themselves up. And if they bring bad news to the person that's like three levels above me, who gives a shit what the the lower guy's asking for? I could probably go on and on and on and on about this, um, unfortunately, because I'm seeing it a lot with a lot of friends at their jobs, um, including mine occasionally. So... I think just, you know, if you're upper management, being in touch with what's going on on your front lines is probably one of the more important things you should pay attention to and actually get in there and see what's going on for yourself. Don't rely on word of mouth for the person that's directly below you, who's below them, down to the bottom level, because it's almost like when you play telephone, that message is going to get screwed up once you get all the way around. And sometimes these people lie, too. Exactly. You just got to go check yourself and see what's going on. I mean, if you want a happy work environment and you want happy employees, 
make him feel like you care. Well, Ubisoft has a solution. So that leads us to number four. (laughs) Ubisoft announces pay raises to stop developers from leaving. The raises are highest for those who are already best paid. This is from a Kotaku article. Ubisoft's Canadian studios announced pay raises for staff at the Assassin's Creed and Far Cry publisher to combat an exodus by many of its most senior developers. While the raises are across the board, sources tell Kotaku that those who currently earn the most will see the biggest increases. The new pay raises are set to go into effect immediately and will begin being paid out at the end of November. Employees will also be receiving more vacation days and better pay during parental leave. According to the worker group, a better Ubisoft junior staff will receive a 5 to 7% increase, while the most senior staff could see their pay increase by up to 20%. That would mean a lower-level developer might see a 50000 a year salary increase by 2500 while higher-level developers making 100000 could see as much as 20000 in additional pay. So, you think that's a solution? Just give people more money? Comes across as hush money. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm feeling right now. I mean, it's like, hey, we're not going to change anything, but maybe if we pay you more, you'll feel better about the shit that we're shoving down your throat. It's funny, you, you hear these companies say, oh, we don't have any extra money to to give you guys, you know, we got to put it towards the projects and blah, 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 and this and that. But then when something happens, money just appears out of nowhere. Oh, look, all this money we got. We're going to give it, we're going to spend it. We're going to give it to you guys. Mm-hmm. They're all full of shit there. Yeah. I'm really starting to hate Ubisoft now. I, I don't want to have those feelings, but I I don't know what's going on over there. I don't like how they're treating their employees. And I don't like the games they're putting out. It's crazy. We're praising EA now. And we're shitting on Ubisoft more. Like, what's happened? <laughs> I mean, at least EA has EA Originals where they're trying to bring up, you know, lower developers and trying to help people get their games published. So, I, yeah, it's... I never thought that I would see the day where I hold EA in higher esteem than Ubisoft. Yeah, they've fallen so far and, and very quickly. Like, yeah. what happened in the last seven years? And we can't get a Splinter Cell game? <laughs> I know that's not really important <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. I mean, all this other shit that's going on over there right. is way more important. And I feel like you're just, you know, like I said earlier, you're seeing this across multiple industries at this point. Um, I don't know if you've heard the term, like, the great resignation, where everybody's yeah. just leaving their jobs right now. I don't know if... Well, okay, I'll take, take that back. I'll, I'll just speak from my own experience. I was blessed enough for my job to where I was able to stay home for a couple months and get paid 80% of what I was getting paid um, when like COVID first broke out. Ashley got to work from home for the majority of that time, so we got to spend a lot more time together. And I know that a lot of other friends and family got to do the exact same thing where they got to be with loved ones more often just because you know you couldn't go to work as often. And I almost feel like what's happened at this point is that the current generation might have gotten a taste of what life used to be, you know, where we valued more so about like getting to see our families and this, that, and the other. And now they're realizing just how much time we sell to these companies of our personal time 
Yeah. And we're realizing we value that that thing that keeps us going, like spending time with your loved ones um, or just taking care of yourself so much more that when it's time to go back, it's like, no, I've gotten a taste of something else. And I know what, like that, what, what it values to me. And if you really want me to keep doing this, things have got to change. Cause I'm like, for me and for Ash, it was a great awakening of, this is not okay. I'm not happy with this. This is a source of a lot of my depression. The fact yeah. that I am missing out on things that are essential as a human being. So at this point, selling that amount of my time to a company that is not even willing to hear our biggest pain points, everybody is starting to say, you need to pay attention to me because you need me more than you think you do. And if you don't fucking listen, I'm going to bounce. Yeah, these corporations just look at their employees like they're numbers on a sheet. They don't really see them as human beings. Yeah. It's I'm not saying all of them are like that. I'm, most of them are, though. The ones who don't usually do that are like small businesses. But the major corporations, they don't give a shit about the lower guys. They, they don't care. As long as they're getting results, they could give a shit. About yeah, how you're and, and I'm not gonna say all of them are like that. Um, like I, I mean, I may complain about my job from time to time. For the most part, I, I'm blessed enough to work at a job where I do feel like they still care about their employees. But unfortunately, I have plenty of friends and family that work at corporations that don't, and you can clearly see a difference in personality from the ones where the company, for the most part, will do what they can to help out an employee, versus the one that's like, if you want to leave, then fucking leave. Walmart. Like it's it it yeah, it's a <laughs> night and day difference. Yeah, things gotta change. I, I I we can't keep going on like this. It's just not healthy for anybody. Alright, well, that's enough of that. Let's move on to something exciting. Number five. Battlefield twenty forty two is getting a ten hour trial for EA Play and Xbox Game Pass members. Short story, but I'm happy about this because it's very possible that's all I want to play of this game is 10 hours and then I'm done. Is this going to be is this going to be at launch? Yeah, at launch. <laughs> so, oh, that's going to be a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Yeah, what if the game launches with horrible glitches and you can't play that's it? That's exactly what I'm talking about because Battlefield has not been known for uh solid starts. Nope. Uh, five had some issues. Four was just a train wreck. Uh, oh three God. wasn't too bad. I think the bad company games they they didn't have any issues when they launched. I don't think so. Um, I think bad company. No, the first bad company had a few issues. Bad company two did okay, but I mean, bad company two also had its fair amount of glitches throughout its entire life cycle. But yeah, I'm definitely going to check this out because uh, oh, yeah. there's just so many games coming out. I mean, I'm not going to put money on Battlefield. No, I'll wait for a sale. If it's really good, I'll wait for a sale. But yeah, 10 hours. I'm good. I can bring it in the game of the year conversation, which it won't be winning that award. I can tell you that right now. I don't need to play that game to know that. <laughs> I, yeah, I really do think Halo has a shot at being the best shooter this year. I, I think Call of Duty is a little underwhelming. Yeah. Battlefield, I think, is going to be a mess. I hope I'm wrong, but I, but that's how I feel. 
I'm not going to lie. I I can't wait for Halo to come out because I know at some point one of the topics we'll end up covering is going to be Halo versus Call of Duty versus Battlefield. What's the shooter of the year? I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it's probably going to be Halo. I, I don't. I, I agree. I, just, I, I can't see that being bad, that game. Microsoft can't afford that. It has to be good. 343 can't afford that. No. Okay, number six. Firaxis, the guys behind the XCOM series, has delayed Marvel's Midnight Suns to second half of 22. Um, you know, long story short, just the developer said they need more time to improve the quality of the game. Do you believe any initial release dates at this point? No, not at all. Everything's going to get delayed. Uh, I was talking with Jacques a few days ago, and he was saying, like, I'm just tired of seeing these publishers announce games like years before they come out mm-hmm. or, or when they announce a game, that's just clearly not going to hit the date they want. Yep. I'd say like 70% of the games that they announce gets delayed anyway. Oh, absolutely. If they say 22, I'm like, all right, well you mean 23 then, right? <laughs> There's still a, um, ID at Xbox game that I've been waiting for for years. It's called tunic. It was like a legend of Zelda style top-down adventure game and i remember seeing it being so excited and they said like initial release date was like winter of 2019 or something like that and here we are 2021 heading into 2022 and i still don't have this game it's being shown at events and conventions but i have no idea when this game is coming out i'm like i wish i had just not seen it and i know that's a very small gripe it's a small indie game but it's it's also an example i mean what was there's another game that was announced years ago, uh, Beyond Good and Evil. Oh my god! I was just about to mention that Skull and Bones. That's another Ubisoft game. We don't know where that is. Yeah, don't get Ashley started on Skull and Bones. She's been begging for that game, and I, I've told her like you realize all it is is they took the pirate mechanics from Assassin's Creed Black Flag and they decided, hey, let's make a game out of this. At least it's what it was going to be originally. Yeah, I've kept track of this game a little bit. And last I heard, they scrapped everything and started over. I have a feeling that game's gonna get canceled. <laughs> yeah, uh, it just—it smells. I could—I could smell it from a mile away. Like it's—they're mm-hmm. like, ah, you know what? Yeah, that didn't work out. Sorry, guys. Yep, the assets will get uh, recycled because it's Ubisoft, and then we'll see a pirate game coming out. Um, with all of the assets that were going to be Skull and Bones, and it'll be something completely different. Looking at you, Rainbow Six Patriots. And, uh, you know what? I make this joke all the time on this show, but it, it, it's it's true. I mean, we we make fun of Ubisoft a lot. I mean, we shit on them, and for good reason. They do a lot of dumb shit over there now. If, if, if this keeps going in this direction, we may have to have a Ubisoft segment at some point. What are they doing bad this week? <laughs> Let's see. (laughs) We'll call it the Tower of Failures. All right, moving on. Number seven. Forza Horizon 5 has a 91 on Metacritic, and it's getting stellar reviews Mm -hmm. on the Xbox Series X. People are saying it's going to be game of the year. That would be pretty wild. What was the last racing game that got nominated for game of the year? I mean, it's got to be Mario Kart. I mean, that, that's that got to be the closest. Did Mario Kart get nominated for Game of the Year? I mean, one of them probably did in the past. 
I don't know about the last one that came out. It's just a rare thing. Like, I, yeah, because usually there's so many other great games and that are like way more recognized or more artsy or whatever the reason is. But this is one of the highest Metacritic scores games this year. So it's not crazy to have that conversation. Like, are you going to put that in the VGA Game of the Year nominee awards? Mario Kart 8 won a Game of the Year award um, by The Guardian and IGN and Best of 2014 awards. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so it's not too common. I mean, it happens, but... I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, because um, isn't this the first year that we didn't get a motorsport release, and we got Horizon one year, and then there was no motorsport, and then we went straight to another Horizon? Yeah, I don't think that's happened before. I think the Horizon series is a little bit more popular. It's got me interested, and I don't play racing games at all. I mean, yeah, I'll play Mario here. Kart and Crash Team Racing. That's about it. I was looking on the uh, Xbox Store. This game is around 114 gigabytes. That's not too bad, considering um, how much, like, what the graphics are looking like with this game. Typically, when you see something like this, it's insane. Like, how in the hell do we have a hundred and what did you say, hundred and fourteen gigs for Horizon? That's what it said on the Xbox Series X store. Yeah. So, explain to me how it's one hundred and fourteen gigs for Horizon, but Warzone still takes up like close to two hundred gigs for me. They don't know how to compress their files, or they don't want to, <laughs> because um, the newest Call of Duty Vanguard uh, it weighs in around ninety gigabytes on my PS Five. Okay. They got it down a little bit, but it's still too big. All right, number eight. Take-Two canceled an unannounced game, and it cost them $53 million. Mm. Now, this is from Jason Schreier. He's over at Bloomberg now. He used to be at Kotaku, but he left. It says, The project was co-named Vault. It had gone through multiple iterations since it was first conceived, the current version struggled due to reboots, technological hiccups, and challenges caused by COVID-19, said the people who asked not to be identified. Uh, the game has been in development in various forms since 2017, was set to feature superheroes competing in online gameplay. It was set to be a new intellectual property for Hangar 13, but 2K executives didn't see it as a worthwhile investment. After $53 million, it's no longer a worthwhile investment. Don't you think you waited a little too long? Yeah, it's 2K, though. They got that money. Got GTA, NBA 2K series, and that's just those two franchises. That's not including all the other big things they own. Right. It's crazy to think $53 million is nothing, but to some of these... uh corporations like 2k and activision ea it's like a dime in the bucket this probably would have sucked superheroes in an online game we got avengers and that wasn't that great yeah i mean you know i i hear something like project vault from 2k and i immediately start thinking it's like you know heists are a big thing on gta online and i start thinking about a payday style title from take two and where it's all based around you know completing heists and this that and the other and then you completely threw me off when you said superheroes like well <laughs> i don't even have 
a dream in hell at figuring out what the fuck this was going to be. <laughs> I wonder if they looked at the Avengers game and they're like, that was Marvel and people did not like it. Well, I mean, it has its community, but it definitely underperformed. Let's just say that. It could also be like the huge backlash that Square Enix faced when they started talking about the microtransactions they were going to put in, because that is what they make their money off of, whether it's shark cards or um, 2Ks. Um, I forget the mode in there, but it's basically when you get your own players. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if they saw this. Is like, okay, this audience does not want this. Um, do not release this because we cannot. This is not going to be a games of service that we like to invest in. Yeah, they said, let's cut the corn and get the hell out of here. We'll, we'll take our losses. Yeah. It's probably a good call. We'll never know, though. I mean, unless that someone leaks some images of the game at some point, which probably will happen. Oh, it'll definitely happen. I mean, what was it? Um, Earlier in the year, didn't we get a... Like, all of a sudden, there was a leak of some unreleased footage of the original, like, Star Wars Battlefront 3. If that can surface... This late in the game, I'm sure eventually we'll see something about whatever the hell that was going to be. Yeah. All right. Our last news item, and this is going to lead into our topic of the show. NECA, the company who makes kick-ass action figures, recently announced they acquired the Last of Us license, and they revealed two 7-inch scale action figures, Joel and Ellie, of course, from The Last of Us Part 2. Now, it's interesting they didn't go with the first game first. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked by that, too. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll read some of the description. You know, it says ultimate two-pack. Figures have 30 points of articulation. Screen-accurate accessories. That includes the axe, machetes, rifles, knives, pistols, backpack, bow, and arrows. Interchangeable hands. No interchangeable heads, which I find that strange. NECA loves doing that stuff, but they didn't do it with this one. Uh, comes in a collector-friendly window box packaging with dual front opening flaps. Uh, they say it's going to ship March 22, and it's going to have a retail price of seventy four ninety nine. A little pricey for NECA figures. Holy shit. I know. I've been asking for this for many, many years, though. I've been bugging the shit out of them. I've literally talked to them about this a couple times, some of the employees there, because NECA is a small company in New Jersey. They have around 40 to 50 employees. Cool dudes. Okay. And I've just been spamming the shit out of them. Like, what about <laughs> The Last of Us? You get The Last of Us? You going to get The Last of Us soon? Are, you, you guys have plans for The Last of Us? And one of them eventually told me, yeah, we're actually trying to get that IP. I can say this now because it's, it's happened or now we they have it. Yeah, we're, tr- we're trying to get it, but Naughty Dog's playing hardball. They're very picky about who they give the IP to. But they finally got it. And I'm just so damn happy. When I saw that news, the the, the glow on my face was just... <laughs> couldn't even imagine, because I was having a bad day, and, and then I saw that, and I'm like, oh my goodness, they're finally doing it. Yeah, I, I, I know it's pricey, but I pre-ordered it. I gotta have it. Did you really? Yeah. I, I know it comes to around, what, like 37-ish a figure, their figures usually cost around, well, they've had a recent price increase because of uh, shipping stuff with China and all that. You know, the prices are going up over there. It definitely fluctuates depending on what the IP is, too. Because, like, the target near me, I mean, you can get, um, 
like Freddy or Jason. They're usually like eighteen ninety nine, um, depending on which version you're going with. But they also have like the Aliens Special Edition Warrior Xenomorph that comes with like um, an egg, a face hugger, and this that, and the other. And that figure is always priced around thirty five um, dollars, and that's why I still haven't pulled the trigger on it. Well, when it comes to the Jason figures, the retail on them is usually twenty nine ninety nine or thirty two ninety nine. Unless you're looking at the Toonie Terrors, those little small ones, those are around fourteen ninety nine. That might be what I'm thinking of. But yeah, I mean, any NECA figure that comes in the um, the boxes that have flaps on the front, that have the windows and everything, yeah, you're you're definitely dropping at least thirty dollars a figure minimum. Yeah, they used to be twenty nine ninety nine, but now they're thirty two ninety nine. And with this Last of Us two pack, you're like I said, you're going to be spending around thirty seven ish per figure. It does come in a lot of accessories, and it's going to come in a fancy box and all that. But yeah, I don't care. I got to have it. <laughs> I, I kept telling them, like, blank check, just get it. I don't care what you charge for it. So I meet my words now. It's a little pricey. <laughs> it's here. I'm sure we're going to get more. I'm sure they're going to do part one. They're going to probably do Abby from part two and a bunch of other characters. And of course, all the Last of Us haters came out when they saw that. So, <laughs> Oh, I can imagine. My biggest concern, and this is with any collectible that comes out at this point, is if scalpers start buying up every single one. That's why you got to pre-order. Yeah. Don't wait for it to just be in stores because those guys are all over that shit. I have scalpers at my local Target. I've seen a few of them. I, I, I see them pull out their phone. They're with their girlfriend or their boyfriend or brother, sister, whoever. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, okay, we got to look for this, 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 and that. And we can flip them online for triple the price. And I'm just like, thanks, guys. Yeah, buy all of that one Spider-Man figure and screw everybody else over that wants it. Sons thanks. bitches. <laughs> but anyway, that's going to lead us into our topic of the show and that is video game collectibles because i figured why not i can't do this one with jock because he doesn't collect anything he doesn't really have any figures i don't even think he might have like a couple i think i sent him a master chief a while back like a mcfarland figure but yeah i I know you have a lot of shit i definitely have a lot of shit i have over 200 neca figures and that's just neca that's not including everything else and I even take it a little bit further and um, take the paint jobs that are on some of them and take them a step further and paint them myself. I've done that a few times. The times I've had to do that, though, is when there's like paint problems. Like if they screwed something up with it, I'm like, All right, I'll fix it. Yeah. Or just completely unhappy with how it looks. Head sculpts. Um, well, not the head sculpts, but the paint jobs on the head sculpts can be really bad for some of those action figures. And you know, in my niche, when it comes to like collectibles, is I mean, obviously it's sci-fi. I mean, that's just that's that's me. So anything that's encased in armor has a helmet to it. I mean, I just I love those figures. I think it just goes back to like the original Kenner Star Wars figures because yeah. I wanted every single stormtrooper. And I'm just gonna bring this one up because I think it's actually like my favorite figure that I own right now. It's the new Master Chief. That's um, I think it's a eight-inch figure. Oh, it's the it's the Wicked Cool Toys one. I have it. 
Yeah, but here's what I can't stand. On the right side of the chest, there's supposed to be some kind of scorch mark there. It literally looks like they took a Sharpie pen and just went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And it yep. pisses me off. It's the first thing I noticed. Yeah, I took a nice black wash to it um, to really make it look like he's been through some shit. He's got a pose on my desk. He is my favorite figure on my <laughs> desk right now. Until my eyes look at that scorch mark. And I'm like, I'm going to take... <laughs> I, I already told Ashley what my plans are for it. I'm like, if you're going to put battle damage on it that's supposed to be noticeable, put it in the mold. Yes, because at some point, I'm, I'm actually going to take this thing down to my garage... And I'm going to put a very fine-tipped point on my Dremel, and I'm going to basically take a Dremel to this figure and scratch off all of this piece of shit Sharpie job they did, and then I'll go back through it and blackwash it, so that way you can see all the individual like divots and stuff I put in his chest piece, because everything about the figure is amazing. The visor looks great. The paint is awesome. Up until I see that, and it drives me fucking nuts. I mean, most of it looks great. It's just that right. one section we were just talking about. It's just like, you put so much effort into this figure, and then you just half-ass that little spot. Yeah, and it, you know, you hate to see I would almost rather have a figure that is janky from top to bottom. Like, I have an old-school Samus on my desk as well. Mm. It's not the best mold, but you know, you don't see a whole lot of Nintendo figures. So I, I I can deal with it. I, it's fine as long as I know the quality from the top to the bottom is pretty much the same. I'm cool. But this particular one, the quality is amazing from top to bottom, except for the one eyesore. It's like you either need to look like garbage all the way through, or you need to look amazing all the way through. Is that the only one you have uh, in that line the, from Rick of Cool Toys, the Halo so Spartan far, collection? Um, I thought you had a meal. I could have sworn I saw a meal on your desk in one of your. I do have an meal, but he's from uh, the McFarland Halo Reach line. Oh, okay. Well, damn, that looked pretty good. Oh yeah, he's great. But I also have the um, the Noble Team statue that came with the Halo Reach Legendary Edition too. Ooh, ooh, I love that one. I've seen it in person. I don't, I don't own it, but I've seen it in person. It's really nice. It's the funny thing is, um, it was at my local GameStop and it was clearanced for like sixty bucks. So I remember I actually went home and I traded in my uh, copy of Halo Reach and got like thirty bucks for it as a trade-in offer. And then I just put that towards the uh, Legendary Edition and just rebought the game. So I got Halsey's journal and the statue for like thirty bucks. And it's it's another thing that drives. It's <laughs> I feel like I'm gushing over this damn. No, dude, we're going to be gushing about all the shit that we own. Yes. It's, it's just, that's how we are. The way things are oriented in my desk, if you look to your right, you'll see Noble Team, and then just a little bit further down, you'll see that chief figure we're talking about. And I'll look at George, who is on the left side, which is the other um, Spartan 2 that's in the, I think he's in Mark V Mjolnir armor, and he looks amazing all the way through. And then you look at Chief, who looks amazing all the way through, except for that scorch mark, and it's just like, all of my Halo collectibles are on point, because if you look above my monitors, um, we went to Second and Charles, which is a spinoff of Books A Million uh, here in Kennesaw, just north of Atlanta. Somebody sold their entire Halo collection. So I scooped up a Brute Chieftain, a Grunt, nice. a Jackal Sniper, a Meal, 
all for like 20 bucks for all of those figures. And there was oh, still more bastard. there. Dude, they had Flood there. They had Halo 3 figures. It took everything in me to control myself not to buy the entire collection. Yeah, I, I probably would have bought everything. <laughs> and, you know, Halo has never had any bad collectibles if you buy the higher priced ones. Whether it was no, McFarlane no. Or, or anybody else that was making it, they always look amazing. So that's why it baffles me. Is like this chief figure was on point. And I know our audience is probably tired of hearing this, but I just I still can't believe that this is how it looks. It's a damn shame because that Halo Spartan collection line has a lot of good Spartans. Mm-hmm. I, I know we're sticking on Halo for a little while here, but uh, just wanted to mention real quick. One of my friends, uh, Jason, who I mentioned on the show a lot, he sent me a couple of those uh, figures recently. He sent me Noble Six. Um that's the Spartan you play as in Reach. Mm-hmm. Um, shit, I don't remember the other two. It's uh, frick, I don't remember the other two. The one's orange and one's uh, yeah, I, I can't remember. They're over there. I mean, I guess I could walk over there and look at them, but <laughs> I'm too lazy. Six is the uh, is the main one I'm still looking for in that line. Like Chief and Six were the main ones I wanted. So if I ever find a Six again, I'm definitely scooping him up. Yeah, he's not easy to find. He's a hard one to get. They didn't make many of him. Uh, I know the next wave is going to have June, the sniper. Yep. Definitely want to get that because I want to get the whole reach team in that line. So I already have a meal. I have cat. Now I have noble six and June's coming next. Nice. So I think there's only two more after that. Yeah, it would be um, George. Um, actually, no, because see, there was there was six George cat, Emil Carter. And I think that's all of them. And for the McFarlane line. Um, I have Emil, I have June, um, and I actually got Carter in those bags as well, but I gave Carter to my little brother, because my little brother's name is Carter, <laughs> and that's like his favorite Spartan of all time, so it's like, I, I can't hang on to this one, I gotta give it to him. Hmm. That's awesome. Just spread the collecting joy around to everybody. I try to. It's definitely like, I'm, me and Ashley are the, main, are the only ones in our family that collect this kind of stuff, so... It always feels kind of goofy when you give a collectible to somebody who doesn't really collect them. They're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, it's I guess. like, okay, toy. I'm I'm not a child anymore. But if you if you manage to find a collectible that they really care about, and you're like, oh shit, like that's the look you see on their face. You're like, ha, yeah. See, there's a collectible for everybody. It's got to find out what they want. I know one of my favorite things I have in my collection is from a collector's edition. It's the uh, the Last of Us Part Two Ellie statue where she's playing the guitar. Oh, nice! I mostly have movie shit, but I, I do have a decent amount of video game collectibles here and there. I know we already goo goo gagaed over the Halo stuff, but uh, you know, in the in the NECA line, I have stuff like God of War. Um, Bioshock got this big nice. rose, big daddy. It's awesome. The Dead Space figures from NECA, which are extremely rare. The Dead Space Two Isaac Clark, I think, goes for over two hundred dollars now. Holy crap! Yeah, I have a lot of NECA figures that are in the two three hundred range. Let's just say this: if I wanted a PlayStation VR two and it came out, I could just sell two figures and get it. Yeah, we've got a few of those around here too. Um... You know what really surprised me is that Ash is more so of a collector of Funko Pops than I am, but some of the ones that we have, I just I just looked up just for shits and giggles, 
and we've got a few hundred dollar pops that I was like, holy God. Really? Which ones? It, surprisingly, it's the Gears of War ones that we have, because she has a Brumach, and it's like the um, the 12-inch tall one. When I looked that up like two years ago, it was going for like 80 bucks. She's got a Boomer. That one was going for about 30 bucks. Um, just, I'd never imagine Funko Pops going for the price that they go for once that run is done, especially the 12 inch ones. Dude, there's some Funko Pops that go for like five, ten thousand dollars $10,000. Yeah. I've seen some of those the ones that are like, um, convention exclusives or things yep. like that. Or the, the Freddy Pops. I think it's the mascot for the company. Yeah. Those go for bonker ass prices. Yep. I remember there was one that we wanted to get um, when they were doing um, Godzilla versus Kong. We wanted the Walmart exclusives, the ones that were like purple and blue. Kong was purple, but Godzilla was blue because he was like powering up to release an atomic breath type thing. And we could never find them for the original retail price. It was always marked up to like 45, 60 bucks. And at that point, unless it's like a must have item for us. Once we start seeing scalpers have it and we're just, we're just kind of like, well, I missed that on that one. I'm not getting it. Yeah. You just have to hope for a restock. Pretty much. Funko pops. Yeah. I used to be a big Funko pop collector. I had like 60, 70 of them. Good God. And now I have only 13 or 14. I, I sold a lot of them. Like I was just like, I'm done with this. Like I'm just going to keep the ones I really, really like. Well, even with that, I still sold them. Like, I really like my Horizon Zero Dawn Aloy Funko Pop, but it was nice. going for like 90 bucks. And I was like, yeah, I'd rather have the $90 right now. So, <laughs> so I yeah, sold it. I know for me personally, I'm super picky about what Funkos I get. Um, like, I think as far as my personal collection, I might have four or five that I actually bought for myself. The rest of them were gifts. Um, I will say this, though. My favorite one is one that Ashley pre-ordered for me. It's the Deadpool 30th anniversary one where he's, like, popping out of a cake, and it has uh, <laughs> 30 on the front of the cake um, that's lit. And the main reason why that one's my favorite and why it's on my desk is because she got it for my 30th birthday. Um, nice. So it was just perfect. So it's definitely going to have a lot of um, sentimental value attached to it. Yeah, I have a lot of uh, things in my collection that have that kind of value as well. I'll never get rid of them. It's like um, my NECA Alien Queen. I think you have one. Do you have an Alien yeah. Queen? Me and Ash found one um, at a uh, at our first convention that we went to as a couple. Um, we were going through the vendors, and they had one on. They were selling it for, I want to say it was like 70 or 80 bucks. And we did not have the money for this. And we weren't sharing an account or anything at the time because we were only dating, but we were both Aliens fans, and we looked at it, and we looked at each other for quite a while, just kind of like, fuck, do we? Do we? And we went home with it. I know how that feels. You look at something, you're <laughs> like, ah, I can't get that. You walk away, you come back, you look at it again, and you're like, nah. You walk away, and then you stop and turn, and you look at it one more time, and you're like... I gotta have it. <laughs> the worst ones are the ones that get away, though. Like, you walk away from it, and you're like, you know what? No, I want it. And then you go back, and he's like, yeah, so-and-so came and got it. And you're like, son of a bitch. Yeah, I've been there. But uh, Star Wars Black Series figures, I think there was like a mm. mall or something. I, the yeah. first mall they released. 
and I was like, mm, it's 20 bucks. Like, that looks really cool. Like, I should get it. And I'm like, nah, I, maybe another time. And then, like, a few months later, it was going for, like, over $100. But they, um, they, they've released a couple more since then, so. Along with some re-releases. So, I mean, if you're not too worried about in-box condition, most of the time you just catch the re-release. But um, mm. there are a few Black Series, like you were saying, that the re-release, they're, they're still getting snatched up. As soon as they Revan. get re-released, like, yeah, Star Revan, Wars National I... Republic Revan, man. Every time they put one out of him, mm-hmm. you, you better get it, like, within the first, like, three days or you're not. And that goes for both of them, whether it's the light side Revan or dark side Revan. If you see it, get it. Mm-hmm. They recently re-released um, Rex and Cody, and I had planned to get those, but I think it was, like, a week after they went on pre-order, I couldn't get one. Because even the re-releases were sold out. If anybody's listening to this right now and you're interested in the NECA Last of Us 2-pack, pre-order it on GameStop's website because that's the best place to get it because you can use your power-up reward points to knock down the price. Or if you're a pro member, you can you know use your $5 monthly things on it. Or you can even trade shit in and pay it off that way as well, so... And you'll also probably get it when it's actually supposed to come out. Unfortunately, there's too many stores out there where it's like, hey, this figure is going to release in October. And then July rolls around. Then you finally get a shipping update. It's a gift and a curse, this hobby. It is. Hell, I mean, I, I pre-ordered. Um, me and Ashley were actually talking about this in the car today. There's a um, a figure of Goliath from Gargoyles that's supposed to be coming out this month. I think it did come out because I've seen things on Instagram where people have been getting their orders from Big Bad Toy Store. Mm -hmm. And I forget where I pre-ordered. I can go to my emails and I can see it, but it's some kind of like horror shop. I'm still waiting on that email. Supposedly it came out in September and I still have no shipping information, nothing about this figure. I'm like, do I just reach out to the the store and say, Hey, just cancel my order. I'm tired of this because me and Ash have also had this plenty of times where we'll pre-order something from someplace like big bad toy store or another third party website that's selling these collectibles. And then it's months after this figure has been released and they say, Hey, we're waiting on a restock. And then you email them and say, Hey, just cancel my order. And then the next day you've got a shipping information is like, what the fuck? Like, they won't acknowledge that you asked for a refund. They'll just send you a tracking number. The site you ordered it from, is it like a mom-and-pop online shop? Is it a small? No, um, is it well-known? I'm going to go through my email real quick. I'm going to look it up. Okay. All right, I guess while you do that, I'll uh, see. I'm, I'm looking at my collection right now. <laughs> I'm looking at it. But let's see. What else do I have laying around here? Yeah, you know, Black Series. I got, you know, Revan, of course. I got two Revans, actually. I have... One in packaging, one out of packaging. I have the Jedi Revan. I actually have another Revan on pre-order. It's their archives line, uh, the Black Series archives line. They're putting them in a blister card, and they made a few modifications on it. And I'm hoping Amazon actually ships that to me in good condition, because if you're a toy collector and you order on Amazon, you you know the pain. Mm -hmm. It is... uh, gamble you may get your order that's completely 100 okay and they packed it well or they might put your figure in a massive box with no protection and it's just bouncing around in there so you never i know. actually found uh the website it's called horrormerch.com okay i know them 
Uh, apparently, I did receive an email on September 21st, and the subject line is pre-order updates for September 16th. It says, hey, we are contacting you as some pre-order items, pre-order items are taking a bit longer than usual to be released or restocked. And then it goes through a list, uh, American Werewolf in London, um, Friday the 13th Part 7, Ultimate Jason, Halloween 2, Michael Myers, Hatchet, Scream, They Live 2-Pack, and then it lists Gargoyle's Ultimate Goliath figure. So apparently it got delayed, um, and I'm still waiting for it. Yeah, those, um, hmm, should I reveal this here? I'm going to reveal it. Forget it. The, pe- <laughs> the people I talk to are going to listen to this podcast. Um, NECA lately has been lowballing the smaller shops, online shops, that they're just 100% focusing on Walmart, Target, wow. and a bunch of these other big ones. And a lot of these other smaller sites are just, they have to wait months. That sucks. There's one dude I talked to, I won't mention his name and I won't mention his store, but we talk regularly, and he was going into some details about NECA how they're being treated with uh new releases and yeah no, i i love NECA toys i love that company i love the shit that they make mm-hmm. but i i just don't like how they're treating the small guys because there was a time when uh NECA was struggling to get their stuff in the big retail stores and they had yeah. to depend on the small guys and they helped them during those times and now now that they're doing a whole lot better and they they got tons of licenses like Back to the Future, you know, uh, yeah. all the other ones we've mentioned like Friday the 13th and uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, there's so many. I, I can go on and on. But yeah, they're doing so good now. But they didn't remember the small guys that helped them out back in the day. No, because it was nothing but small guys that used to sell their stuff. Like I remember mm-hmm. when me and Ash first started dating, we had a movie stop in Kennesaw. And that was, like, the only place that we could find NECA figures still in box. Like, there was plenty of, like, local toy stores or collectors that you could go to to buy, like, out-of-package stuff. But if you wanted to find, like, NECA aliens, that was the only place you could go. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't until recently that Target started selling NECA stuff. And even then, the selection for, at least for my local Target, was trash. It wasn't until the past couple of months that all of a sudden we started seeing like the nicer figures starting to come in because it was always books a million um, or movie stop or something like that. Just not these big companies that you would start to find NECA figures. So the fact that they're focusing on the big retailers honestly pisses me off a little bit because all it does is just feed scalpers. Yeah, it does. It's gotten to a point to where if you want to get a figure at fair cost, you have to find these small things. Like this, the Goliath figure I ordered for Ash, that was the last place I could find it for retail cost because it was sold out everywhere else. So you do turn to these small toy stores, and yeah, you end up waiting for a while, but that's the only time that you get it at fair cost unless you like pre-order in the first couple days. And I really want to support the small guys. Like, if they have a pre-order up, I'll get it from them every time. But it it seems like it's happening again with Tilu, The Last of Us. Entertainment Earth is getting it. You know, Big Bad Toy Store. You know, those guys, like those major online um, toy guys. But the smaller dudes that I talk to, they're basically last on the list. 
Yeah. I mean, I'll say this though. I'll I'll wait for it. I mean, collectible the nice thing about collectibles is that especially if it's a um a smaller guy that's like getting their stuff last the funny thing is, by the time you finally get your collectible, it's probably already doubled in value if it's a rarer one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else uh, to say. I mean, well, we can go on with this all night, but, you know... Oh, yeah. We we can't do that. But uh, maybe down the line, we'll revisit this topic and we can jump into it a to. bit more. Yeah, because I, I love this shit. I used to do YouTube for quite a few years, and it was just all toy-related, so <laughs> it was nice jumping back into this i will definitely say this if you are somebody that collects um or if you're looking to maybe rekindle some childhood uh like nostalgia that you've had because i have a buddy of mine in the past couple years really since covid started we started recollecting pokemon cards and then scalpers got a hold of those and i'm gonna go down a whole nother rabbit hole if i go into that but my original (laughs) thought what i was trying to say if you are looking to get into the hobby don't go to, I would say, don't go to Walmart right away. Don't go to Target. Actually, go on Google or Google Maps and just search for Toy Store. Look for your local stops or lo- local places. Um, if you are in the Kennesaw or Marietta area, my strongest recommendation is going to be Second Chance Toys. It's a little hole-in-the-wall shop. The guy that runs it, his dad used to run a Toys R Us, so he would bring his son home all the coolest stuff. And now, from what I understand, just talking to the owner, he has like an entire basement full of collectibles from the 80s up to the early 2000s, and they're still loading up this toy store. It's all out of package for the most part. But there's also plenty of gems in there. As a matter of fact, I even found my Holy Grail item in there, which was an original Kenner Lambda-class shuttle from Star Wars. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't get it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I actually went in there, like, we, me and Ash went in there a couple times. The guy is super cool. He even gave Ash a discount on um, a NECA Predator, because oh. he has a ton. Dude, he's got so much stuff. But I walked in like after the last round of stimulus checks when we got those, and he said, no joke, somebody came in with their stimulus check and just bought it on the spot. <laughs> and I I was mad, but at the same time, I was smiling. I was like, that son of a bitch. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm not paying for it. The government did. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I cannot fault him at all. All right. Good topic. I like that yeah, one. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed this topic. It We talked about it a lot more than I thought we were going to, because when you first brought it to me, it's was like, I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. And then as we just kept going, I was like, yeah, no, we could probably go for hours. Yeah, I, just, I had to stop, because I have, you know, I have, like, hundreds of hundreds of things in my collection. It's, like I said, I'm going to put a pin on this for part two at some point, because it's there's just so much to talk about. All right, well, I guess it's that time we move on to surprise mechanics. This is the best thing we do, at least in my opinion. I I love surprise mechanics more than anything else we do on the show. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, surprise mechanics, you know, it's just a, well, it's in the name. It's a surprise. 
it could literally be about anything. This is the part where, you know, we will bring something to the table. It could be a story. It can be something that just happened to us, a funny little moment in our lives. This is the wild card part of the show. And uh, I have a surprise mechanic that's very random for, for Indy. <laughs> so, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to put you in a hypothetical situation. You and Ash. I'll include Ash, too. Let's say one night you hear your dogs just barking, going nuts, and they're by the back door, and you're, you're thinking, oh, well, they probably have to go to the bathroom or something. Let me just open the door for them. Let them do their business. But when you open the door, both of them go running off into the woods. Now, I don't know if you have woods, but... I do, actually. My house backs up to a lot of woods. There you go. Perfect. That's, that's perfect. So, yeah, you see your dogs just book it to the woods. They're gone. They're, they're barking. Okay. They're chasing something. So you're like, Ash, Ash, I don't know what's going on. We got to go chase our dogs. You grab a flashlight. You run in the woods. And you notice the two dogs corner something. You kind of can see what it is. You think it's a little kid. And then you notice it's not, well, a human kid. <laughs> They're chasing a little alien in your woods. And it's, it huh. is a kid. Now, this is a child, actually. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's an infant. Well, not an infant, but it's like, let's say it's like a seven, eight-year-old alien kind of okay. thing. And, you know, you get your dogs away from the alien, and it looks up at you, and you hear, you hear the voice in your head. Like, that's how it's talking to you. And it tells you, they left me. Please, like, help. I don't know what to do. What's the protocol? What do you do in that situation? Oh, God. Um, so I'm assuming it's bipedal, like it's a humanoid-style alien. Yeah, let's right? say it's, it's a- like a little gray child alien. Like the big eye. Okay. We'll, we'll go with that. So, I mean, there's a theory that... um. The reason why a lot of like kids and even adults are scared of like shadow people or clowns is that there was something else on this earth with us when we were still learning everything that resembled humans but weren't human. And that's why we have a natural like fight or flight reaction to something like that. So I'm also somebody who like just due to my wife, you know, we we look at a lot of cryptid stuff and horror movies. So my mind would probably start racing like through skinwalker territory. Just, I I really don't know what my reaction would be. Honestly, if I was going through the woods and my dogs cornered something and I saw anything in the woods that resembled humanoid, I really think my immediate reaction would be to turn tail and run. That's probably what I would do, but part of me is thinking, it's a child. Am I just going to leave it there? And let's say it's freezing cold outside and it's cold. Am I going to just leave it there? I'm also an asshole when it comes to RPGs and hypotheticals. Like, I always err on the side of caution. So I almost feel like I would take the same approach in real life because I've also had moments where I was shocked by my natural fight or flight reaction. To give you an example, um, we were in Florida not too long ago for my mom's wedding, and my little brother went on the beach, and we were all just chilling um, in a house because they rented a beach house for us for the wedding because it was going to be on the beach, and he was coming back up to the house, and I saw 
somebody walking up to the house and it's at night. So when you look at the mm. windows, all you see is your own reflection. And this guy was coming really quick and I'm a very laid back individual, but my immediate reaction was I started walking from behind the table was walking to the back door. Cause I was about to beat somebody's fucking ass. So if I was in this reaction, it'd be one of two things. If Even if it was a child alien that was saying, help, they left me, I am not going to assume that this thing plays by human rules. I am probably going to assume this thing plays on human instinct, and I'm immediately going to think, how can I flip the script on this thing and protect myself and my dogs? Hmm. Now I'm curious what Ash would say. <laughs> you want me to go grab her? Yeah, if she's available, I'm I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. yeah, I'll be right back. Give me one second. All right, all right. Well, while he gets uh, Ash, and by the way, uh, his his wife Ash, she created the Boundless Gamers logo. So the logo you see every week when you tune into an episode, that's her. She created that. I mean, we came, me and Jacques came up with the idea. She made it possible, and uh, I, I don't know the whole story behind the creation of it. Uh, I think we're going to probably have Ash and Jacques at, you know, when Jacques ready to come back, have them both talk about it on the uh, show. She did an amazing job and I, I can't believe how professional it looks. It's stunning. I could never do anything like that. I could try, but it would just be a mess. <laughs> I don't would, think the would... Indian knows that you're talking to yourself. Oh no, I, I'm just filling the air a little bit. How, how's it going, Ash? How you doing? I'm good. And it just scared me because I was watching TV and all of a sudden he goes, <laughs> get back there. And I was like, what? Did he tell you why? All, I forget what you said. There was something about a hypothetical? Yeah, it, it's a hypothetical situation. Yeah. Uh, so basically, I put you and him in a situation where your dogs run out in the woods at night. They're chasing something. Oh, no, I don't like this. No. By the way, welcome to the show for the first time. Thank you. Thank you so much for creating that logo for us. We absolutely love it. That's what I was talking about before while he was uh, going to get you. The logo <laughs> was really fun. The fact that uh, you guys made me like a preliminary sketch really helped out. Oh, yeah. Really flesh out y'all's uh, vision. So that was pretty tight. Yeah, we we spent a while on that. I know when Ash, uh, not not when I'm sorry. I know when Jacques comes back, uh, it's, he'll come back at some point. I know he wanted to do an episode with you to talk about the logo and the creation of all that. So uh, I won't. Okay. Get, I won't cool. go into it here. Sounds good. But anyway, back to this uh, hypothetical situation. Yeah, your dogs run into the woods. My children. Yep, your children. They're chasing something. It's the middle of night. It's cold. You don't know what's going on. You, you get you got your flashlight. You're looking for them, and they corner something. You you think at first it's a kid, but it's actually an alien, like a little tiny alien. And it is a child, by the way. Well, They're chasing okay. a child alien. We have to specify alien. Is it a xenomorph? No, no, no. It's like a gray a alien. Gray... Your typical okay. black eye, you know, generic looking alien. Okay. Now. You get the dogs away from it, and then it's talking to you in your head. Like, you can hear his voice in your head. And it says, they left me. Please help me. What do you do in that situation? 
um, there's a song that comes to my mind, and it's a uh, hell no. Would you help it? Uh, no. It's a kid. Oh, it's alien. I- I'm saying I would help it, but then if that situation actually happened, I'd probably run the other way. Let's be honest. Yes, I think everybody would turn into a little bitch. Yes. <laughs> no. Especially, have you seen like uh, the black eyed children? No. I'm surviving this horror movie and my dogs. Okay. What? Wh- okay. What if you run away from it? You go back in your home, and it comes to your house. What are you gonna do? Burn then? it. Burn it. Burn, burn it. Burn it all. Burn it all. Everything. Like, Andy, get the hairspray and the match. <laughs> Did you tell my spider story? No. But that's a spider story. Oh boy. I lit my door frame on fire with um. It wasn't hairspray. It was perfume because all I had because I was kind of drowning it because I'm like oh perfume has alcohol in it and I uh, I put a lighter on it because literally the spider was chasing me around my room and uh, I just barely put the lighter to it and my whole door caught on fire and I grabbed a towel and went okay I gotta ask how big was this thing a little bigger I'm just trying to think like um. What are the old coins? Like a half half dollar? Yeah. Like it was big. Ooh, that's big. Yeah. yeah that so is I thought it was like a brown recluse. Because I lived in the basement back when this happened. And it wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> so your first reaction was, I gotta burn this thing. <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting to I didn't have anything to like smack it with. Cause I didn't want no bug juices on my shit. So and I was also in high school, so I figured, oh, I could just drown it with chemicals, and no, I think this thought, this spider thought I was, like, putting perfume on it to take it on a date, because it was just vibing in the perfume. Well, I wasn't having that. So, like, all right, well, I got a bunch of candles, so I'll use a lighter, and next thing you know, my whole door frame catches on fire, and I about crap myself. My parents didn't know until, like, ten years later. You know, I I shouldn't admit this on the show, but I do have a fear of spiders, like really bad. Uh, and it come it's all started when I was like maybe eight or nine. I, I woke up from a deep sleep, and I just see this massive spider crawling up my arm. Oh no! Bigger than a uh, half a dollar coin. Let's just say that. Oh I'm no! Like, what the hell is that? And ever since then, don't like spiders. Now, the tiny baby ones, like, I don't mind them hanging around, and I'll get them later, but if any, if it's any big spider crawling around, I kind of, like, a uh, little yeah. bit. That's yeah. that's just how it is. I know everybody's like, oh, you're a dude, come on. I'm like, that, that, I don't care. I don't like spiders. That doesn't, I, that doesn't matter, creepy crawlies. Yeah, they're, they're alien to me. Yeah, see, my fear is mine are funny. Well, some of them are kind of funny. I hate chemical warfare. Because mm-hmm. of Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Right. And then Deep Water. And, of course, Heights. Fuck that. I, if if I can't step down, no. I've been to the Empire State Building. And I, I looked down and I was, no, nah, I'm like, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> Let's go, please. Nope, your legs go weak. Uh-uh. It's like having a diabetic low blood. No. Mm. So... You wouldn't help the alien then at all. 
I don't know. I, 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 I'd be so curious. Okay, why would you help an alien? Because it's an alien. I think you're imagining... No, you're imagining E.T. No, no, no. I'm imagining the little gray, black, big, black-eyed, creepy-looking alien. It's just... If, if it's communicating with me... So here's the thing. If, if it didn't communicate with me at all, if it's just standing there looking at me, probably would get the hell out of there immediately. If I see it's cold, it's uh-huh. sick, it's a child... And it's asking me for help. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I could leave it there. I know that's a huge risk bringing it back to your home because you might, you could hear helicopters flying overhead coming for your house. I mean, that's possible. Have you not seen uh, The Thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any of Stephen King's movies? Yeah. I hate to tell you, you're going to die. Yeah, it's probably going to end badly, but. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be the first person to die. I'm just like hoping that if I keep this thing safe and then who are, his parents show up, they'll grant me like like a, a wish or something. I'd be like, can you just take me up for a ride for a little while? Just if it's possible. <laughs> You're going to get butt probed. Yeah. But I got to ask if Asari's exist. So. Well, the problem is if you save it, it might do this tactical strategy thing, keep you alive till the end of the movie and then be like, Whoops, you're dead now. Even though you saved me, I saved you for last. All right, you're making good points. I know. I like horror, therefore I will survive. Yeah, I'll be dead. But I'll have some answers before I die. Yeah, that's my answer. Sorry. Uh Uh-uh, it's going to stay there. I think the only one would be... I think it's Men in Black 1, where she gives birth in the car... That little thing, and he gets puked on the by the baby alien. That thing's adorable. So if you saw that, would you change your mind? If it was infant and doesn't talk, and it's just like, yeah, I would save that one. Infant, okay. You would definitely change your tune if Garrus came down in the Normandy. We can't <laughs> talk about that. We gotta be I'm, careful about that subject. I'm not gonna go into that because it'll, it'll, we'll be here for like an hour <laughs> talking about that. I don't want to do that. Oh man. Thanks so much for uh, jumping on this episode. Um, Jacques is going to be shocked. He's going to be like, he's gonna be like, what, you got a third person in there? It's like, what? <laughs> I mean, hell, I was shocked when Indy ran in the living room. I'm like, oh, what's wrong? Who's dying? And he's like, just come back here. <laughs> so thank you guys. He surprised the heck out of me. Like I said, uh, we're, uh, Jacques definitely wants to do an episode with you. But uh, anytime in the future, if you want to, if you want to do an episode, just let us know. and We'll make that happen. I have been looking forward to it. Um, did you tell him like what I thought about like with the logo and everything? Or yeah, so I thought like like I think one of the things about the logo I think is really cool is the fact that you guys have both. I mean, it's stereotypical female, pink, blue guys and everything. And I think one of the things that would really help the show is having uh, female gamers' perspectives. Yeah, I think I, that would be really fascinating. So I yeah, agree. I'm totally down to join and. I got a bunch of other female gamers too, so I could say it right now. If you want to be a, a a backup for the show, and if you want to come on at any time, it's you know the, the position's open. Sweet, that'd be boss. Yeah, we'll make that happen. Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys. I look forward to hearing the rest of the show, and uh, I'm gonna pass it off to the hubs. All right. Get All Andy right. back well, here. Later, taters. <laughs> Later. All right. Where's Indy? Andy.
<clears throat> so clearly both me and my wife are killing a child. <laughs> We're going to trigger a galactic war. Unless it's Garrus. We've already talked about you and Garrus. Yeah, let's let's not go down the Mass Effect road because then I'm going to start talking <laughs> about Liara and then yeah. we'll be here forever. But anyway, that's my surprise mechanic. What's your surprise mechanic this week, Indy? So mine is actually uh, tied to the subject of the show. We're going to share um, a few of our collectibles that fit into a couple different categories. So, I'll ask you, you'll give me your answer, and then I'll give you mine. And I have four questions for you. Mm, sounds good. First one's probably going to be the hardest one. What is your favorite collectible that you own? Star Wars The Black Series, Darth Revan, the first release. Never mind. That was actually incredibly easy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been asking for that for, like, years, and they finally made one in the seven-inch scale. I was like, Yes! I'm probably going to say my favorite is my Statue of Noble team, to be perfectly honest with you. Okay. Good answer. What is your most valuable collectible? Ooh, see, that changes a lot because the prices for things fluctuate. If I had to take a guess, well, I have those two packs, those NECA, San Diego Comic-Con, um... Alien and Batman and Green Lantern and uh, Sinestro Predator, but I think those go for around two fifty three hundred. But that's not the most expensive thing I have. Yeah, that that is a really tough question because I I don't know. I have a lot of two three hundred dollar figures. They they were okay. like twenty dollars at the time, and now they're just like way up there. I have a lot of those, but I'm not sure what my most expensive thing is. It could be 500, 600. I have no idea. Like I'd have to do some research. We'll, we'll alter the question a little bit. What is the most valuable collectible that you've bought as far as retail cost goes? Ooh. Um, let's see. I'm pretty good with that. I think the most I've ever spent was 50 or 60 bucks. Believe it or not. A lot of the stuff wow. I found was on eBay or, my friends sent me some things or when I was doing YouTube, maybe like a okay. company sent me something. Yeah. If you look at my collection and you would not believe me at all, you'd be like, bullshit. You spent like so much probably for this and this and that. Cause this goes for crazy amounts of money. And I'm just like, no, a lot of the stuff I bought personally was around retail or under. Wow. Even when it was rare, I, I got it for like a retail price. I'm really good at finding shit. That's really impressive. The second to last, what is your rarest collectible? See, that goes back to the value thing again. I'm not sure. You know, you're right. <laughs> it's like we're double dipping here. We are a little bit. What's your rarest? How about that? Yeah, what's yours? Well, my most valuable um, is a Disney World exclusive Force FX Darth Vader lightsaber. All metal hilt, and I want to say I paid 150 bucks for it. Because my mom was headed to Disney World. I had the money, and you can't buy this off the website. I was like, hey, um, the last time I was down in there, and this is the one in Orlando, mm -hmm. they had uh, Outpost. It's a new Star Wars Outpost building, and they actually had lightsaber hilts and like exclusive lightsabers. 
while you're down there, if you happen to find Vader's, if I send you the money, would you mind scooping it up for me? And thankfully, she was really cool about it. Um, they had one in box, one out of box. But the nice thing about the Disney World exclusive is it comes with a wall mount. Right above my monitor, leading up the shelves of my collectibles, it's framed by Vader's lightsaber that is movie quality. Uh, speaking of lightsabers, I forgot to mention this. Uh, the, the lightsaber Jacques sent me a while back. It's an Ultra Saber. Oh, nice. It's Revan's design. It's like the Butcher. They call it the Butcher Saber. Oh, hell yeah. It's a purple blade, and it has yep. a lot of uh, upgrades in there. I know the one. I'm not sure how much it costs. I don't know how much he spent. And uh, by the way, Jacques, thank you so much for sending me that. But if I had to guess, this is just off the top of my head. I think it's a $350, $400 lightsaber. At this point, I think it's closer to $500, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that reminds me. I got to change the batteries in that thing. <laughs> Let's see. As far as rarest collectible, I actually know what my rarest collectible is. I don't know if you know this, but Star Fox was definitely my game when I was younger. Like Star Fox 64. Oh, yeah. I, I, was, the, I was the kid that could not be beat. Mm-hmm. So when they released um, a new Star Fox for the Wii U back in the day, they did do a line of Star Fox uh, statues of Fox McCloud. They made a total of 5,000 of these, and I actually have one along with the box and the certificate of authenticity. Mine is numbered at the very bottom in white chalk. It is, or no, not chalk. Uh, it's a white marker. I have 2459 out of 5,000. Wow. What does that go for? Um, I was actually just looking at it. Um, I'm seeing them anywhere from like 250 up to 300. Damn. And I think I got it for 70 bucks. Man, the thing about Nintendo stuff, that shit just keeps going up. Yep. It's going to get really expensive. That thing's going to be thousands of dollars at some point. And it's it's really fine quality, too. But this is my last question. This is actually, I think, is going to be the most fun question. Um, what would be your holy grail item? Like, you walk into a local shop. It's something you've been looking for for God knows how long. It's sitting on a shelf. It's ready for you to buy. Well, there is something I really, really, really want, but nobody's made it yet. Could that be an answer? Yeah, because, I mean, you never know. There could be a private artist out there that made it. I've said this before on the show. I'm a huge fan of the 1960s Time Machine movie. Mm, You have mentioned that. And I really, really want a prop of that thing. Like, uh, it doesn't have to be massive or anything, but... right. At least in the scale with six, seven inch figures, I want that machine. Somebody make it, at least some company make it. I, I don't want to <laughs> get somebody to make it because I've looked into that. Right. Yeah. It's like two, $3,000. No, it's not happening. Jesus. Yeah. I, I, I can't have a full scale model. That's never going to happen. I'm not, I'm going to no. have to have like 20, 30 grand to have that thing built and with all the bells and whistles. And I know a lot of people have seen this uh, machine in the Big Bang Theory episode. Yeah. Because that's where a lot of people noticed it. Uh, so when they rec- when they see the thing, they're like, oh, yeah, the Big Bang Theory. I'm like, no, yeah, yeah, it's in that. <laughs> Which, by the way, that's a really good replica of the machine. It's probably better than the one that's in the movie. Like, I don't oh, know who damn. made that machine, like, but it looks amazing. Uh, but yeah, I, I want a small version of that. 
I'll tell you what, if I ever find um, a model of it or the STL like online, like a digital model, I will look into seeing if I can run that through my 3D printer and I'll just, I'll print one off and I'll send it to you. It's very complicated. I've actually uh, talked to somebody about that and they're like, yeah, it's because of the way it's made. Yeah. It has like thin bars and the dish is yep. really thin. Like a, yeah, it's, it's very complicated. It's a very delicate looking thing. It would definitely be a pain in the ass. I'm not going to lie. There's actually been a lot of STL models that I've found that I'm like, oh, God, I just need to send like a care package of all of these. Because um, I've seen like chunks of a Stargate that are available to print, just all kinds of stuff. My Holy Grail item, it does change, but the one that I'm still looking for the most, and I, I kick myself for missing out on it, but right now, it's the original run of the NECA Ninja Turtles from the movie. want to find all four brothers, but it's just, I know they're so damn expensive. It's it's one of those things, like, if I saw them in stores, I'd have to snatch it up. Well, I have some good news for you. I, I, I know NECA has plans to release those again. They're going to keep Thank bringing God. those back because the TMNT line is their bread and butter now. They make so yeah. much money off that line. Uh, they're going to keep restocking them and re-releasing the same figures in different packages and stuff. So you don't have to worry about that at all. Well, in that case, I'm going to change my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I need an Obi-Wan hilt and lightsaber to match my Vader one Oof. just to go on the other side of the shelves. If I could frame the shelves above my computer desk with Vader on the left and then Obi-Wan on the right, I'd be super fucking content. Uh, but that's my surprise mechanic. Man, this is a nerdy episode. <laughs> it really is. Like, we definitely delved into a new level of nerdum on this one. Yeah, I had a really good time, though. It's Oh, I did, too. I, we even went over a little bit, but I don't give a shit. I know that's going <laughs> to be more work for me in the editing department, but I had a really good time. And, you know, I can't recall ever having a conversation about collectibles with anybody other than my wife, so this really was a treat to uh, have this conversation. It sucks we have to end it, but... I know. It's getting late. We got to go. Yep. So I'm just going to mention the social media pages again real quick, and then we'll uh, head out. Uh, so you can, once again, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Look up at Balance Gamers. It's all one word. No spaces, no underscores, none of that bullshit. Follow us. Check us out. We post cool shit. We need your help. Because like I said earlier in the episode, we got to fight that algorithm. We need all the soldiers <laughs> we can get. But yeah, that's it. We're done. Awesome. Another one of the books, episode 25. Can't believe we did 25 of these already. It's nuts. Yeah, that's kind of wild. Yeah. Can't wait for 117, because that's just going to be all Halo themed. Oh my god. I, I didn't even consider that, but yeah. If, if, we, <laughs> if, we, if this carries on to 117, I'm going to bring all my Halo knowledge to bear. <laughs> yeah the whole show literally would be dedicated to Halo. everything what we're playing the topic news if there's any halo news i'm sure there will be and episode 66 will be dedicated to us just destroying the star wars sequels we'll just do order 66 oh. on the show <laughs> oh yes i like this i like where this is going but you know we gotta end the show now so thanks again guys for listening 
Once again, I'm Mike. I'm Indy. And uh, we'll catch you in episode 26. And uh, all right, guys. See, I'm, I'm botching this ending up. It's, it's already got down the toilet. It's done. I ruined it. But who cares? You didn't ruin it. I did. A little bit. Anyways, thanks guys for listening again. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>